Good morning, guys. Great to see you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You may be seated. Thank you, band. You've done an awesome job. I'll release you. Uh, give it up for our worship team. Aren't they incredible? But so is that little transformation clip. Did we make that? Our guys make that? Yeah, that's really cool. Hey, this is great. This is uh, number five in the six-week transformation series. So we started with uh, Dave Adamson and his testimony of transformation. You can watch that on YouTube, a powerful story of God's healing in his life. And uh, a number of weeks of John, Kathy Clancy, I listened to your message this week. That was fabulous of the healing of the heart. Isaac Sansom last week. I listened to your message as well uh, on the renewing of the mind uh, and John on the creation, a new creation the week before that. So um, you can catch up on all of those on YouTube or podcasts. But so great to be back in church. I've been away a few weeks, been on holidays and uh, happily we went north to Cairns and we got all the sunshine. Well, unfortunately, you guys got all the rain. Am I right? Are you happy to see the sun today? Oh my gosh. Wow. That was just like, okay, that's enough rain for the year, don't you think? Uh, but you guys are resilient and uh, tolerated through all of that. Uh, we had a great family holiday for those who are asking. I know that you are. know that you're interested. Uh, we had all of our kids, our adult kids, come together for the week and their partners, which was very special. Actually, I think last time we were here, we had had one son getting engaged and another one has gotten engaged, guys. Mitchell and Lydia, can you stand up? They announced their engagement just before our holidays. Congratulations. We're delighted. So exciting. This year, our family has two engagements and two weddings. Do you think we can, put, you know, think we can make it? <laughs> we can do this. Sure, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be um, adventure-filled. So we're up for it. It's very cool. Well, John is in Melbourne today. He's at our Melbourne campus, and he is preaching on the same transformation theme. Uh, funnily enough, it timed perfectly with the Carlton game this afternoon at the MCG. He says, I don't know. I didn't plan it like that. Well, he's not known for his planning, let's give him that. But <laughs> And so him and Gemma are going this afternoon to watch Carlton and Collingwood games. So I pray that Carlton win because he's a lot happier man when his team wins. <laughs> any, any people relate out there, their spouses, when their partner's team wins and it's like a happy day as opposed to the opposite. <laughs> Uh, welcome online for everyone who's watching this morning. It's great to have you with us wherever you are in your room. We know that God can visit you uh, in the place that you're at as well. And I know that he can speak to you through me in the same way that he can for us here this morning. Why don't we pray this morning as we just come and bring this word. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're present here. We invite your Holy Spirit into this place. We thank you that you love each and every person, Lord, and you have good plans for every single person here, plans for good and not for evil. Lord, I pray that you bring the word of God alive today. Lord, we want to be transformed lives. We want to change from glory to glory. Lord, we're not giving up yet. We know that nothing is impossible to you. So Lord, I pray that you will speak through your word today and bring alive the scriptures 
Lord, and that we can see transformation continue in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Awesome. Well, I don't know if you have ever traveled to overseas uh, and driven on the other side of the road. Uh, we've had a number of family holidays in America and usually it's John that's driving, thank goodness, but it's always on the opposite side of the road and we have to hop in the opposite um, door of the car. And if you look at someone else who's driving and you look in the driver's seat, nobody's there. And you're just like, is anyone driving that car? And you realise it's, no, that's actually the, on the other side. And it's not the wrong side of the road. It's just their country and how they do it there. It's different. It's different to us. And it feels very um, unusual. We're not used to it. And it's something that you have to learn to adapt to uh, because we're conditioned to drive. Uh, we're taught how to drive. We, uh, that's how we go around our everyday lives, drive driving on the left-hand side of the road. You go to another country, you're driving on the right hand and you're getting very confused. You don't want to crash because, you know, big things are at stake here. And so you have to learn. And sometimes um, we, some people told us a, a few um, uh, mantras that um, help you remember when you're in, say, the right lane and you're turning left, left is long. You have to go right around rather than it's a tight little corner. And then if you're turning right, right is tight. So it's like, oh, these little mantras that help you. And you're literally sitting at the lights going, left is long, right is tight, left is long, right is tight. And it's like a couple of times we did uh, go into the wrong lane. I'm sure they have a lot of uh, tourists doing that, as we probably do here as well with uh, some American drivers. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's an uh, unconditioned um, response that we had to learn. And it's the same with when you become a Christian the way that you've lived life is a certain way and that's the way that you've lived life and that's the way you've always done it and that's maybe what you've been taught or maybe that's a natural thing for you. But then you become a new creation and you invite Jesus into your heart and you need to learn how to do things differently and how to do things God's way and it feels unnatural to you. It feels like this is, not, this is weird for me. But there's a few things that you can, I mean, we've got the Word of God, but there's a few mantras that you can have. There's a few keys to teach you how to live a different way, how to do things a different way, how to speak a different way, how to act a different way. Your belief system, it changes because God is coming into you. So you do adjust. God's way of living is different. As we read the Bible, we begin to realize that we do need to change. So today we're going to talk about daily decisions that we make that help us be transformed. So this series has been a signature series for our church, this transformation series, because God hasn't given up on any of us yet. So we've started with Dave Adamson. We're going to finish next week with Trent Membry. And uh, Trent has been to our church before, and he is a transformed life. He shares a powerful story of a radical conversion from dealing drugs, uh, having an addiction to methamphetamine, uh, being in the gang world in Auckland, the underworld of Auckland, New Zealand. And he was a crazy, dark lifestyle man. God radically intervened and saved him 
Talk about transformation. He planted a church. He's now a pastor and he moves uh, strongly in the gift of the prophetic and in the supernatural. So he's going to share his story of transformation next Sunday. So this is for us. It's also for your friends. Invite them to church to hear this story of this radical transformation of people that think, oh, God wouldn't care about someone like me. I'm too far gone. I'm too living in a dark world. It's just he wouldn't invite people next Sunday. But as Josh said, our three nights of fire this weekend, he's speaking throughout that as well. And look, this is something that is amazing chance to just get more in the presence of God. We all need more of him. We need that fire to be lit. We need that passion to come alive. We need that faith to spark again in us. So we've got the Friday, Saturday, and the Sunday services. So I would encourage you to come along and just lean in to what God has for you. Friday night is at 7 o'clock. All right, that's when we normally have our youth services here on a Friday night. So we're joining with youth 7 o'clock on a Friday night. There will be no children's program on the Friday night. Saturday and Sunday nights will be at 5 p.m. So we normally have our Sunday at 5 p.m. Saturday at 5 p.m. They'll both have children's programs. So put things aside. Get here. I know that as you just lean in over the whole weekend that God is going to do something for you. And uh, we're going to be inspired by Trent memory and welcoming back to our church over after, a, you know, three or I think it was at our powerhouse conference in 2019. Yeah, before COVID. So it's been like probably his first trip out of the country and uh, he'll be super pumped. He has freaky words of knowledge. I'm telling you, he has these incredible prophetic uh, gift that will just see deep into your soul. Oh my gosh, are you concerned? (laughs) No, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. Absolutely. So we've been discussing this transformation series in our connect group. Who's loving their connect group and unpacking this whole transformation? Do you feel like little things are starting to shift in you? You know, it's not just... There is that moment of salvation where you become a new creation. Sometimes things can just change and shift off you. And we've heard testimonies throughout this series of people that that has happened. And it's just like in that moment, I stopped swearing. I never swore again, Shorty, am I right? Shared that with us (laughs) a few weeks ago. But then the transformation doesn't stop in the moment of conversion. Keep being transformed. The desire for transformation is deep in every heart. That's why people join a gym. That's why people go to therapy. That's why people get into recovery groups or read self-help groups or professional development or motivational seminars. That's why we make New Year's Eve resolutions, right? Because we want transformation. We want change. I don't want to necessarily do all the things that uh, you have to continue to do, but it's hardwired in us to want to change, to improve. The psychiatrist Aaron Beck, he is called the father of cognitive behavioural therapy, says the possibility of transformation is the essence of hope. The possibility of transformation is the essence of hope. We all want to see that we can change and that others can change. In actual fact, he says that the single belief most toxic to a relationship is the belief that the other person cannot change. And you lose hope. And that's so toxic in a relationship. But our vision here at C3 Powerhouse is transform lives. Am I right? Transform lives. That's what we're all about. We believe that through a relationship with God, amidst a family of Jesus followers with the power of the Holy Spirit, 
a humble and hungry person can be transformed into all that God intended us to be. Our key text for this series is out of 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And you've probably seen it if you've attended church in the last six weeks. And if you haven't, that's okay, because I'm going to fill you in on recap on all of this and put it into context. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. So God wants that for each and every one of us. Have you ever put into your GPS a destination and you, you know, you have it on loud and they tell you turn left here and turn right and then, you know, sometimes they're sort of like in 300 metres or, you know, turn east and you're like, what on earth is, like, I don't know. And then you finally get there and it says you have arrived at your destination. Who loves that? I love it when they tell me that. I feel like, yes, I've made it. You have arrived. Well, I don't know that anyone feels like in this journey with God that you have reached perfection. Do you feel like you have finished your transformation and you're sitting pretty? Is there anyone that could give me a raised hand this morning? I believe that when, no, there's no one actually, just so that you know, no one put their hand up. Maybe when we get to heaven, they will say, you have arrived at your destination. And you're like, yes, I am now perfect through Jesus. I have arrived. Oh. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are being transformed from glory to glory. <laughs> being transformed. You're being trans- you haven't been transformed and that's it. You're not going to be transformed and that's it. You're being transformed from glory to glory being transformed. I love that we hear all these stories of transformation in our services and hearing these lives of ones, whether in that moment or over the journey. I I didn't hear your testimony last week, Ben, but I know that you're a transformed life. You are a young man, similar to Liam today. Thank you for sharing your story. Had a bit of anger, turned to drugs, just a bit lost, looking for where is the answer, but trying to find fulfillment in life. And then turn to God and now look at you. Young man, incredibly leaning into God. You talk to Ben Stanley. Oh my gosh, you feel encouraged. He will make you feel so encouraged. He has so much life, so much love. He leans in. He's a leader in our church. And I love the transformation journey, Ben, that you've been on and that you are still on. God is so good. So transformation happens on different levels. It's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental, it's in our behavior. The biggest moment of transformation, of course, happens at a spiritual level. When we get born again, that immediate change. We're a a new creation, we're adopted into God's family. Have a look around. How good is this beautiful church family? Love you guys. I love being back at church. It's so great. Some beautiful people. You're all beautiful. We become one with Christ, and now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We have a personal relationship with God, and as we grow in that relationship, we're continuously changing. And as Josh said, we're given opportunity for you to pray a prayer, inviting Jesus into your life, that you can have that relationship, you can have that transformation that you can't find on your own, that you need the creator of the world in your life leading you. We'll be praying that prayer during this service. 
And we talked about the transformation that comes as we let God heal our heart. And Kathy did a beautiful message about letting God in and forgiving yourself and forgiving others, releasing the pain that causes us damage. It's all connected. Last week, we talked about transformation comes as our mind is renewed out of Romans 12.2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We all need to be brainwashed, right? John talks about it. Isaac talks about it. It's like there's things that we need, a bit of a clean out, a bit of a, a launder, listening to preaching, reading the Bible, meditating on the Word of God and reprogramming your mind. So today we're talking, so we talked about the spirit realm. Today we're talking about a soul level. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the choices that we make and the decisions that we can talk about to see transformation. Once we're following Christ, being changed, it'd be amazing if we never struggled with issues again, sin again, selfishness again, anger again, lying again. But that's not reality. Now we're in a daily walk when we need to choose each day how we do life differently, how we do life with God, how we change things, bad habits, bad behaviours in our life so that we can be a different person. Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Well, that doesn't sound like a walk in the park, does it? Take Deny yourself? That is just rude. Oh my gosh, gosh, that's hard work. Take up your cross, take up my cross, our cross daily and follow Jesus. So not a sweet little walk in the park picking pansies. (laughs) No, this is daily decisions that we're making. But let me tell you, God is a loving God. He is a kind God. I have found him to be so patient. He is patient with me, even when I keep making the same mistakes, even though I vow I'll never do that thing again. He's still forgiving. He's still gracious. And if he can be gracious towards you, you can be gracious towards yourself. And sometimes we stumble, but we just keep getting back on track. And so today, when I'm talking about those daily decisions that it's like, ah, even if you do stumble, you can get back because this is starting to become who you are. It's decisions that you make. It's habits that you put in place that will keep you on that path. The Apostle Paul contrasts the old way with the new way in Galatians 5.19. I want to just read this to you. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. God wants us to change. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. You might have heard of the fruit of the Spirit, and this is it. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, that's a good one because we need that. And we don't have to do it in our own strength because we can ask the Holy Spirit to come and enable us 
to have self-control, to do those things that we know to be right, that we know we need to change. So self-control is a key. It's a gift from God. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So maybe when you got saved, you got instantly set free of outbursts of anger and have a great sense of peace. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm pleased for you because that's the easiest way to, for it to happen. But maybe you still struggle with lying or lust or uh, criticism, judgment, pride or anger, self-control. I'm not a radical salvation story, but I'm still a transformed life. I haven't had a moment where things have just shifted for me, but I'm more of that slow burn type that over time as I put things in place, as I follow God, as I pray, as I read the word, as I make daily decisions, things have changed for me. Fear was one. Pride was another. How do we partner with the Holy Spirit to change? And I feel like these are some keys to help us today go, what is the secret? What is the magic behind it all? What is it? How do I change? This whole transformation series are all keys. And maybe you hear it and you think that's something for me or this is something or even today I believe that God will speak to you and he'll say that's a key for you. And it'll be different for the person sitting next to you. And that's okay because God speaks in different ways. But I believe that as we allow God to speak to us and that we take that key and go, okay, I'm going to implement it in my life. A key's no good if you just have it in your hand and then you just let it sit there. You have to use it to unlock something that is locked and walk into that freedom place. You take the key. So there's two keys that I'm going to talk about today. One is a proactive thing. If you're talking about a, a team game, you're on the, on the attack and you're on the defense. So if you're on the attack, if you're a proactive, the first one is engaging your will. Because this is the soul, the will, the choices. Maybe you want to be a generous person. Maybe you want to be an encouraging person. Maybe you want to be an honest person. There's so many things in our life, right, that could just be changed or tweaked a little or just get on the right uh, path. Well, habits are huge. And as I've said, so many people just, we have that desire to change. So I've been listening to um, some podcasts on habits and how do you put things in place. Oh, this guy who wrote Atomic Habits, he's sold 4 million copies around the world because people are just like, I need keys of doing the right thing and how do I get on the right path? He says, start small. It can be as small as two minutes a day that you're going to do this thing. So maybe I'm going to talk about reading the word or uh, praying or, um, or exercising, you know, if that's one thing for you, that's a self-control thing or speaking over your life. That might be as small as two minutes a day. If you put that in place, so many times we sort of think, okay, that's it. I'm going to start afresh tomorrow, Monday. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to start with half an hour of prayer and half an hour reading my Bible, and it might last for two or three days, and then you've stopped and you go, it's just not practical. I can't do it. I can't fit everything in. Forget it. Now I'm a failure. Now I feel really bad and guilt and blah, 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 all downhill. Okay, so what he has found is if you even start with something that's very doable, like two minutes a day, 
then that can be something that just gets, starts getting ingrained into that's what you do. You just discipline yourself, even if it's two minutes. It doesn't seem too hard, but you're establishing a pattern here. You're establishing a, a practice. Habits must be established before they can be improved on. So rather than just start massive, just start small. Put a reminder into your phone. There's habits app that's, apps that can keep you accountable in that. It's an uphill battle for sure. If you stay in neutral, you go backwards. You just become more of the flesh. So be proactive. First of all, start with prayer. Start with prayer. Holy Spirit, I repent of lying, of those lustful thoughts, of being uh, prideful. I repent of criticizing and having judgment. That's the prayer that you're starting with. I'm asking you to help me be honest, to help me have self-control, to help me be pure, to help me speak well of people. This is a prayer thing that you can incorporate into your day that becomes a habit for you every day. Don't subscribe to, oh, even in my prayers, as I pray, say, God, I don't subscribe to criticism. I don't subscribe to judgment. You know, we all have subscriptions in our Spotify account or our Netflix account, and, you know, we pay money for those. These are different subscriptions. We're subscribing to the Word of God. We're subscribing to the truth. We're subscribing to the positive and the things that we're speaking over our lives. So start with prayer. Second one is confess Scripture daily. The Word of God is so powerful. The Word of God is like a two-edged sword. It cuts cuts through. So start with reading Scripture. Read the Word of God. Again, maybe that's a couple of psalm, psalms a day, like a couple of verses maybe. Sometimes we get really ambitious and we think, oh, read a whole book this week, book of the Bible. I'm going to get through. I'm going to make it. Next week I'll read another book, another book. And it's just like, oh, that's just discouraging when you don't hit those goals. So start small. If you're not reading the Bible every day, start with a couple of verses out of Psalms or Proverbs. It's just, it can be life-changing. The Word of God, honestly, I love it. Then memorize it. Get it into you. You all know I'm big on my Bible reading streak. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe you don't. I read the Bible, it's in an app, and every day it counts how many days that you've read the Word, and it adds them up, right? That's what a streak is. I'm really obsessed. Okay, with my streaks. <laughs> I got up to over 500 one time. I mean, I was pretty proud. <laughs> But um, I lost it. I was devastated. And so I've been building it back up and, you know, I've never quite got up to that. Anyway, um, last week I was up to 180. So like six months, right? Reading the word every day. I lost it. Guys, here I am speaking about habits and I lost my daily streak of reading the Bible. See, it can happen to the best of us. <laughs> oh, I'm so devastated. I'm so sad. But that's okay because next day, straight into it. Okay, that's it. I'm reading the Bible every day. It's like a little bit of a setback. Lost my streak. That's probably good for my pride. But now, just back. <laughs> I'm back to reading the word every day. That can help you. It can, I don't know. It's a bit of an incentive, a bit of a competitor. I don't know. But anyway, whatever. I'm reading the, the word. It's good for me. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. For me, declaring the word of God 
over my life, speaking out what God is saying to me, what he wants me to become. I am a woman of faith. I am a woman of the word. I am a woman of the spirit. These are declarations that I speak over my life. That's the word of God in me that creates and is powerful. Maybe for you, it's I am a self-controlled person. I am uh, patient. I am kind. You can speak things over you. It might be those the fruit of the spirit. I am self-controlled. I am full of the faithfulness of God. That means I'm a faithful person. You start speaking them over that, create something, make that a daily goal, a habit in your life. The third one is create mantras to prompt you. Just like when we were doing the driving in America, right is tight, left is long. It was just our go-to. It was like, doesn't matter what intersection, whatever's going on, it's like, okay, that was a really easy, quick go-to. Right is tight, left is long. I get to, not I got to. You know that mantra? I get to serve at three nights of fire next weekend, not I got to. I get to look after my children, not I have to. I get to come to church on a Sunday. I, I get to go to work and earn an income, support my family. It's the attitudes inside of you that can change things. Sundays are for church. Guilt-free for some people that uh, just get guilt-ridden and all the, all the time, it doesn't matter if you're doing the right thing, you're trying hard, you lose your streak, you just feel guilty. No, guilt-free. You can't enjoy downtime. Guilt-free, I need to be helping someone, I need to be doing something, can't have a holiday. I'm guilty, I feel guilty. Guilt-free, that's a mantra. Just use it in your life. That your, becomes your go-to. Start speaking it out. And confessing. When you stumble, don't sweep it under the carpet. Confess it. Confess it. Tell other people. You find yourself on the wrong side of the road sometimes. Don't be hard on yourself. Just get back on track. Don't wait till next Monday, next month to get back on track. Just do it the very next day. So be proactive. The second one is remove stumbling blocks in your life. Sometimes there's things that are in our life that make us do the things that we don't want to do and we need to remove them or maybe we put ourselves in a position. We go to a party that we know is going to make us drink or take drugs but we go to it because we want to be a good friend but that's a stumbling block. There's some people that you hang around that is just going to draw you to places you don't want to go or do things you don't want to do, but you find yourself doing them. You need to remove them out of your life. The Bible talks about fleeing the evil desires of youth, pursuing righteousness. Sometimes That's a mantra. <laughs> Flee and avoid. Flee and avoid. There's some things that we shouldn't watch or listen to. They stir up angst. They stir up anger. They stir up stuff in us that is not godly. Maybe it's the shops when you know you shouldn't be spending money, you go to the shops. Maybe that's a place that you should avoid. Get a handle on it. Maybe it's the pub. Maybe it's pokies, the temptations. Don't try and see how strong you can be if you know that's a weakness in your life. Hang around people who embody what you want to become. Can I call up the band uh, as we come to a close? And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to invite the Holy Spirit just to speak into your heart and to your life because you might be challenged today. You might have uh, heard something that I've said or God said to you that you think, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's an issue for me. Yeah, that, maybe you've heard a dozen things and you think, gosh, I've got a lot of work to do. That's okay. Today, I just want you to think of one thing. What's the one thing that God wants you to get a handle on? What's the one thing that you want, he wants 
to transform you, to change in your life. Why don't we close our eyes this morning? We've talked about engaging your will in daily decisions, starting with prayer, confessing scripture, creating mantras, confessing to others. We've talked about removing stumbling blocks, fleeing and avoiding. What's the one thing that Jesus wants to change in your life? Why don't we give him a moment right now for him just to speak to you. Drop something into your spirit. You don't have to go to work on a million things in the next month. Just the one thing. What's some daily decisions that you can make around that one thing? What's some things that you can put in place in your life that can make little changes? I talked about God being a patient God. We need to be patient too. We can get frustrated when things don't change quickly. We don't see a transformation that we want to see overnight. It can take months. It can take years. But if you're heading on the right track, if you just, even if you stumble, you get back on the right track, transformation happens. Be patient with yourself. Be gracious. When you do stumble, we all stumble. Doesn't mean that you can't try again, that you can't get up. Get back on track. What's something maybe that God's prompting you today that you have tried before but been discouraged by the results? Why do you partner with him on a transformation journey? It is a journey. We don't arrive in this lifetime. But if you say, yes, God, I'm willing to surrender to you, I'm willing to take up my cross daily and deny myself, to become more Christ-like, then that's an agreement with God. But then he gets on that and becomes powerful. That self-control can come into your life through the Holy Spirit. So this morning I pray, oh, release of the Spirit of God. Lord, we come and ask for an outpouring of your Spirit. Lord, we need you. We can't do it on our own or in our own strength. So today I'm praying, as you pour out your spirit, you bring strength, you release courage. Lord, you give wisdom. What's the next step to take? Holy Spirit, come fill us afresh today. Come now. Oh, Jesus, come now. You might feel God speaking to you. If you don't, just still your mind. Just stop all distractions. Just look to him. Maybe you're picturing yourself taking up that cross, putting it on your back, just saying, God, direct my steps. What do you want me to let go of today? What are some habits that are holding me back? Some bad habits that I need to relinquish, let go of. That's going to make it harder to go forward if you're carrying stuff that you shouldn't. I see God giving some people the key today to letting go of things that you don't need to carry, that you shouldn't be carrying. Today, choose to let go. 
Take a key into your future for what God is going to help you with in that journey of transformation. Thank you, Jesus, that you bring life today, that you bring your presence, that you bring your anointing for us. Lord, we want to, don't want to do this journey alone. We want to do it with you. Let's release life over us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's beautiful presence of God here. Did you feel that? Well, this is more transformation journey that God has us on. The work is not just here on a Sunday morning as you listen to this message. The work happens as you take a key from today and put it into your daily practice. Make decisions daily that can help in your transformation journey. It's very empowering. It's very strengthening of what God has fulfilling his purpose in your life. Well, God bless you, church. I'm going to hand over to Isaac right now. Thank you so much.